Well, I'm glad to be sharing the word of the Lord with you today. The word of the Lord sustains us. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so, Father, thank you for the anointing of the Lord. I pray that you would flow through me, Holy Spirit. I thank you for your presence and your power. I thank you that the word of God will not return void, but it will accomplish the purpose for which you send it. So we open up our hearts to be receptive now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can turn so long to Ephesians chapter 6. I do hope you have your Bibles with you. Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to look at in a moment's time, verse 10 through to verse 20. The title of the message this morning is Spiritual Warfare. Spiritual Warfare. And I believe that this is the right time to be sharing this message concerning certain things that the Lord has been laying on my heart and speaking to me during this time. And I believe that this is now. This is a now word. And so open your hearts. In terms of spiritual warfare, are you aware, let me start by asking this question, are you aware that you are in a spiritual battle as a child of God? Are you aware of that? You are in a spiritual battle. Are you aware that there's ongoing conflict between light and dark? And this side of heaven, that's, that's not going to cease. This conflict continues. It rages on. And some people just think, well, you know, I just think, well, leave me out of it. I don't want to be in this, this conflict. And I just kind of want to be in the neutral zone. Well, there's no neutral zone. I have to tell you that. And you can't say, well, I've got an agreement with the enemy. You leave me alone and, and, and I'll leave you alone. That's not how it works. Because let me tell you, you are either for God, for his light and his righteousness, or you are against him. That's what the word of God says. And so child of God, this battle is very real. And the word of God says that you and I should fight the good fight of faith. And so I'm trusting that God is going to speak to our hearts, realizing that there's a fight to fight and that we must not shrink back. We must not have a spirit of passivity, but we must have a spirit of courageous faith in God. And we must not be ashamed to do spiritual warfare for your family, for your marriage, for your situation, for the world, for our country. We must do spiritual warfare. Now, there may be a physical virus that is plaguing our planet right now, the coronavirus. It has disrupted our lives, disrupted the world at this point in time. But behind it, I would submit to you, there are principalities and there are powers seeking destruction at this point in time. But nevertheless, I have good news because it says in 1 John 4 verse 4, Greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. And so in this battle, we always come from a place of victory because that's why Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. He's seated because he's in a place of victory. You and I are seated together with him because we rule and reign with Christ. And so it's important that when we talk about spiritual warfare, realize that we are coming at this from a place of spiritual authority. 
Now, the very important scripture passage, Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 20. When we talk spiritual warfare, this passage factors in always. And it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Isn't that a great way to open our scripture reading right there? Place of victory. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, because of this battle, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. I just want to highlight that phrase, withstand in the evil day. This is an evil day that we're facing right now in our world. And you can withstand in this evil day. I speak faith to you in Jesus' name. And having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having, your, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Then into verse 18, as we draw into a close in this passage, it says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me, Paul says, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. The Lord bless the reading of his word. And so here we are looking at this passage in spiritual warfare. Paul, the apostle, he is speaking. He is not speaking from a lovely lodge in Africa. He is not speaking from a hotel in, Car in the Caribbean. Paul is speaking from prison. And he asks the believers to pray for him. But take note, he doesn't say pray for me that my conditions will be improved. Pray for me that I will be released soon. Pray for me that I'll be transferred to a nicer cell. No, he says, pray for me that I may have greater boldness to declare the mystery of the gospel. Paul was an unselfish man. And in this time that we're living in, I'm also challenged that we live in a way that is not selfish, that is unselfish. And so we have this passage of scripture in which Paul, he's basically trying to encourage the church at Ephesus. And he's saying, guys, this is how you do spiritual warfare. And this is how you stand strong in God. There are four points that I'd like to share with you regarding this. And I hope you're going to track with me nicely. Point number one, genuine power is only found in the almighty God. Why don't you say that with me? Genuine power is only found 
in the Almighty God. Do you believe that? I believe that is no doubt the truth. Ephesians 6 verse 10 says the following. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong. I like that. In the Lord and in the power. Say that word, power of his might. And so God is saying, be strong. God is saying, be strong in my power, be strong in my might, stand strong. (laughs) And you and I can do this at this point in time. You and I can stand strong in the power of the almighty God. And so God is saying to you today that you need to do this. You need to stand strong. And I speak faith into your heart today. I say, child of God, stand strong. But sadly, many Christians are not standing strong in God's power at this time. And they are being bullied by the enemy. And the enemy is running roughshod over them. And I want to say to those people, you stand strong and you stand up in Jesus' name. Because God says, stand in my power. And standing strong starts with the right confession. The right confession is found in Joel 3 verse 10. And it says, let the weak say, I am strong. Now, the negative person hears that and say, well, says, well, what does that help? Because I'm feeling weak. What does it help to just say I'm strong? Well, let me just tell you, just silence your own uh, criticisms or things like that. And just come into agreement with what God's word says. Let the weak say, I am strong. And maybe you can say that in your heart right now. I am strong. And you might say, well, why are you declaring this message today? Why is it so important? Because I believe that God wants to bring his strength and his power to his people at this time, that we would be clothed in his power. Now, there are different aspects of power. And I remember Dr. Miles Monroe saying years ago, he said this following thing, everyone wants power. Quite a statement. Everyone wants power, whether it is financial power or power to influence situations, whether it is power of military kind, whether it is technological power, power to change circumstances, whether it is spiritual power. But we all want power, actually. You might say, well, I don't want power. I'm not interested. But aren't you perhaps desiring a promotion at work? That's actually a way of desiring power because you want maybe more influence, you want more income. And there's nothing wrong with that if it's God's will for you in terms of what he's revealing to you and also because it can improve your situation. But everyone does want power. At this point in time, America wants power. You think of uh, Korea, Korea wants power. Does Russia want power? Certainly. Does China want power? (laughs) Yeah, China wants power. And so everyone wants power. And the world also has this fascination with spiritual power. Have you noticed in recent years how many movies have been made with an aspect of the supernatural or magic or whatever it may be? It's because even in the world, there is a desire for spiritual power. But we know that we as children of God, we get to walk in and we are endued with power from on high by the Holy Spirit. But let me tell you, the enemy, the type of power that he offers is a cheap counterfeit power. 
It is not the real thing that he offers, but only God offers real power. Can I get an amen? Only God offers real power. Evil power is actually easy to come by. You can play a few occult games and you can begin to experience evil power, move things around, join hands and send current through people. You can do that through occult games. It's cheap counterfeit power. But I want to warn you, don't ever do that because you bring bondage and destruction into your life. But God's power doesn't come just at a drop of a hat. God's power comes through a very different way. God's power comes through things like humility, things like servanthood, things like depending on the Holy Spirit, things like intimacy with Jesus, being Christ-like, waiting on God. Wait on the Lord and you shall renew your strength. You will mount up with wings like eagles. And so the real authentic power that we can have in God comes through seeking Him, through humility and things like that. And as you seek after His power and His authority, I want to tell you, it will become more real in your life. But primarily, we seek after God. And then His power and authority becomes evident in our lives. It says in Ephesians 3 verse 16, that He would grant you to be strengthened with might, by His Spirit in the inner man. The power that God gives is real. And He's wanting you in this time where there's a shaking in the world to be standing strong in His power. Standing strong in His power against the forces of the enemy. There's an interesting scripture. It's in 1 Samuel 17 verse 45. And David says to that giant Goliath, he says, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, which is more powerful <laughs> by far, the name of the Lord of hosts. And so the power that we operate in, child of God, is the power of God. He is the only true source of power. And so that's point number one. Genuine power is only found in the almighty God. And God is wanting you to strain strong in His power at this point in time. Point number two, know the type of enemy you face. If we have some understanding of the enemy we face, we are better able to withstand him and stand against his tactics, his wiles, his schemes. So the enemy that you and I face is primarily a spiritual one. We face a spiritual enemy. And it says in verse 12 of Ephesians 6 in our chapter, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So Paul is listing four different evil types of forces that the children of God encounter, that we come against. And these four uh, evil forces, four kinds of evil forces that we wrestle against are the following. Number one, principalities. What are principalities? They are beings of the highest rank in Satan's kingdom, principalities. The next one Paul mentions is powers. Powers are 
suggested by their theologians as those that carry out the orders of the principalities who are more senior than them. Those powers carry out those orders. The third of four kinds of evil forces are rulers. And uh, these are evil spirit world rulers that are uh, in the planet and trying to bring about the purposes of the devil. And these evil spirit world rulers, they may rule over geographical areas. There can be a certain geographical region where there's a stronghold of rulers, evil spirit world rulers there. I think, for instance, uh, in Europe, in Amsterdam, there's a part of the city of Amsterdam. Do you know that that is ruled by evil spirit world rulers? It's an area of tremendous perversion. It's an area of sexual depravity. And bottom line is spirit world rulers are in charge there. Why are they in charge? Because people in those areas, that area, have given authority to the enemy. That can only be reversed by children of God, washed in the blood of Jesus, covered in the armor of God, going in and doing spiritual warfare and dismantling those authority structures. But it can be done. It can most certainly be done. And then the last of these four uh, kinds of evil forces is spiritual hosts of wickedness. These are the many low-ranking evil spirits or demons that roam the earth. But let me tell you, I want to tell you, child of God, that these forces of the enemy, you and I need to know that we are anointed to withstand them and you and I are anointed to defeat them. So important. And I just want to just emphasize this for a moment because sometimes I've discovered that children of God are afraid of the enemy. We must not be afraid. If you understand who you are in Jesus Christ, then you understand the place from which you operate. And so let me make it clear. We are anointed to stand against them, these forces of the enemy, and defeat them. Now let me back it up from Scripture. Luke 10 verse 19 to 20 says the following. Jesus said, behold, I give you authority. Wow. Over the next word is all, all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Do you see your place of victory over those forces? And it goes on to say, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice that your names are written in heaven. <laughs> it's far more glorious that our names are written in heaven. But take note, we've been given authority over, the, over the, the forces of hell and of darkness. And so I want to say to you, realizing that you've been given authority, I want to say to you, stand up, child of God. It's like that phrase is just stirring in my heart. I speak to you by the authority of Jesus. And I say, stand up, child of God. Stand up in who God has made you to be. You be the person, the mighty man of valor that God, mighty woman of uh, valor that God has made you to be. Stand up. And also I pray that you would shake off any spirit of passivity. We cannot allow that. Passivity, timidity. But thank you, God, for boldness in Jesus' name. And so I tell you to stand up. I tell you in your marriage, that you stand up, you shake off that passivity and you stand against the attacks of the enemy that may be coming into your marriage. 
into your, perhaps your emotional health at this point in time. Maybe you feel your emotional health has taken a knock at this time. I want to say you stand up and you stand against those forces of the enemy. Or maybe in your children, you take a stand as parents, as, as dad, as mom, you take a stand and you fight for your children. And you fight that that rebellion will not overtake them. You fight that that spirit of lust will not overtake them. You stand up and you fight in Jesus' name. And the wonderful thing is that we stand in the authority of God. But these are the enemies that we face. The types of enemies, principalities, powers, rulers, spiritual hosts of wickedness. Now, let me tell you. Isaiah 59 verse 19 is an encouraging scripture at this time. And when this uh, global pandemic began to occur, this scripture came to mind immediately. It says this, When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. I want to say that again. When the enemy comes in like the flood, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. And so what has happened in the earth at this point in time? Yes, this virus with the enemy behind it has come in like a flood. But I declare in the name of Jesus under the authority of Christ that the Spirit of God is raising up a standard against him. And let me also just make it clear that God uses you to raise up that standard because he's given you authority and he wants you to walk in that authority. And so even right now, we push back against this, this virus, this disease, this plague that is hitting our, our planet right now. Just agree with me in prayer right now. Father, thank you. We stand in our authority and we push back in our country, South Africa. We push back against this sickness, this disease, this infirmity, this virus. We push back in Jesus' name and we declare it will not uh, overrun our country. But because of the prayers of the saints, it will be pushed back. And thank you, Lord, that you raise up a standard against it. So remember, we are not fighting physical people. We are not fighting flesh and blood. But remember, we are at war against spiritual forces that are influencing the physical world. And also just want to say this, that the reality of realizing the spiritual forces is very key because in terms of these spiritual forces, I think of a government like China, a country like China. In terms of China, do you know that they are supposed to have spiritual freedom? But yet the Christians are severely persecuted in China. You know what, folks? It's not a war against a human government, but this is a war into the spiritual realm. So realize that we don't pray against a human government as such, but rather we pray into the spiritual realm. Amen. Point number three, very important one. Know the armor that you have been given. In the passage where Paul is writing to the Ephesian church, he lists the armor of God. And it's in verse 14 to 17. I want to read it again because realize that this is armor that God has given you. And this is what we clothe ourselves in to withstand the wiles and the schemes of the enemy. It says in verse 14 of Ephesians 6, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, 
taking the shield of faith. Have you been doing that during this time? I trust so. Taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So this passage lists six items or pieces of spiritual armor, six pieces, which are very important. And they fall into two categories. In terms of the two categories, uh, the first category is defensive armor. And this is armor for our protection. This is the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, gospel ready shoes, if I can call it that, the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation. So those are the defensive armor elements that we have. And then the offensive armor, uh, in other words, to attack with is one item. It is the sword of the spirit. And I remember hearing one pastor speak about this and he said, do you notice that there is nothing in our armor that God has given us that covers our back of us? Why? Because we never run away from the enemy. We've been given authority over his power. You do not run away from the enemy, but you stand in the armor of God. And so there is no need for armor unless there is a war. But there is a war and we are to fight the good fight of faith. And so I want to say to you, child of God, simply put in terms of this aspect of the armor of God, it just means this, that you need to stay clothed with truth, stay in God's truth, stay clothed with righteousness, with faith, with salvation and with God's word, ready to speak out God's word. That is how you stay covered in the armor of God. And it says in verse 11, it says, put on the whole armor of God, the full armor of God. Also then just before I move into the last point in verse 13, it says, having done all to stand. It's an unusual little phrase, having done all to stand. And that is actually a military phrase. And it means once you have fought against the enemy and you've won a particular battle, you stand and you're ready to face him again. Wow. That's a victorious way of uh, approaching our spiritual warfare. On to the last point that I'm sharing with you today, just to recap before I go into the last one. Point number one, genuine power is only found in the almighty God. Number two, know the type of enemy you face. That's the principalities, powers, rulers, and also the spiritual hosts of wickedness. Number three, know the armor that you and I have been given. And point number four, my last point this morning, is when the enemy comes against you, fight and keep on fighting in prayer. This is so important. This is kind of where the message comes to a crux. I want to say when the enemy comes against you, and you know what I'm talking about. You know that you've been facing attacks of the enemy and onslaught from the enemy. When the enemy comes against you, fight and keep on fighting in prayer. Now you might say, well, prayer, but that's not listed in the actual armor of God. And that's true. It's not specifically mentioned as part of the armor of God, but it is nonetheless hugely important in our spiritual battle. 
And it says in Ephesians 6 verse 18, flowing out of the armor, then it says, pray. Hear that word pray. This is something that we were focusing on recently as a church. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers. And when it talks about praying in the spirit, I believe it talks about praying human prayers that we are praying from our intellect and our understanding, but with an authority in the spirit. And I also believe that it refers to praying in the spirit as in, in our heavenly language. You know what? One of the most beautiful things that I enjoy in our congregation services is corporately praying in tongues, praying in the spirit. And you might say, John, well, I haven't yet received that gift from the Lord. Well, may I encourage you? Wouldn't you ask him? Perhaps there's people listening. You've never asked him for the gifts of the spirit and for the ability to speak in tongues. And I want to just mention this, that in the past few days, I have found myself praying in tongues quite a considerable amount. The Lord has just stirred that. Whereas a week before, I wasn't doing as much of that. But in the last week, I've just found myself praying in the spirit a whole lot more. And so I believe that we should become passionate about prayer and we should become passionate about spiritual warfare because we're in a battle and we need to be passionate about it. And I want to say to you, child of God, don't underestimate the power of your prayers. If you underestimate the power of your prayers, you'll pray less. But if you realize who you are in Christ, the authority that you've been given, it will cause you to pray more. Because you understand that you pray out of this position of authority in Christ. Now, in terms of this, I want to give you just a few quick examples of a warfare prayer. You say, John, let's do spiritual warfare. Okay, well, tell me, make it easy. What does it sound like if I pray a warfare prayer? I've given a few little examples here. Here's a warfare prayer. You pray the following. We stand against the spirit of lawlessness and corruption in our nation. And we declare that South Africa will arise and be healed. That's a warfare prayer. And I tell you what, as food parcels and uh, giving has been going out, I've been hearing of counselors that are stealing from the food parcels that are meant to go to hungry people. That is wicked. And we speak against that in Jesus' name. That's a warfare prayer right there. Another warfare prayer is, Satan, I resist you in Jesus' name. Take those thoughts of fear and anxiety and be gone from my heart and mind. Wow. That's another prayer of warfare. Another one. I plead the blood of Jesus over my family. I rebuke the spirit of sickness and infirmity. That's a warfare prayer. Give you another warfare prayer. I tell the spirit of strife to be gone in my workplace. The strife and this uh, backstabbing, I speak against it and I break the power of that spirit of strife in Jesus' name. These are warfare prayers. So spiritual warfare is not such a, a weird thing. No, it's just standing against the forces of the enemy in the authority of Christ. Let me tell you, during this lockdown period, as a family, we have faced some spiritual warfare aspects in terms of uh, we have sensed a, an attack that has come against us. And in particular, it has affected, firstly, it was my youngest son. Secondly, it was my wife in terms of their health. Nothing to do with this virus, but other health issues that they were facing. But it, it was quite severe 
was really quite severe. I was concerned as, as the father of the household. I was concerned. And so we found ourselves being doing spiritual warfare, standing against this attack of the enemy. At first, I actually just thought this was just physical. I just thought it was physical. But then one night, I woke up during the night and my wife was not feeling well. And as I sat up in bed, I had this clear sense of the Lord speaking to me and he said, this is spiritual. Wow. And the moment the Lord said, this is spiritual, then I began to treat it differently and not just treat it as something physical, but begin to pray into the spiritual realm concerning that. And so I want to tell you that we've been doing some spiritual warfare. Maybe you can testify as well. You've also been doing some spiritual warfare and the full breakthrough is coming. And uh, with my son, we've seen virtually a full breakthrough. With my wife, we're still trusting for the fullness of that breakthrough. But now let me just say that. What do you do if you've been praying for days and days and days and you haven't yet seen the full breakthrough? What do you do? Do you get discouraged? Do you stop praying? Do you say it's not working? No, no, no. Please don't do that. You continue believing in the power of God and trusting Him. I want to remind you about an example that took place in Daniel's life. Do you remember Daniel prayed and there was no breakthrough? There was no breakthrough. And he was calling out to God on a daily basis, trusting God for a certain situation. But you know what happened? Is Daniel's prayer was heard on that very first day. But the angel could not come for 21 days. There was a delay. Why? Because he was hindered in a spiritual battle against the spirit prince, an evil prince of Persia. He was hindered in that battle. But you know what? Daniel kept praying and his prayer was answered. I find that a very encouraging story because, yeah, 21 days of prayer that Daniel was going through. You might have been praying for four days, three days, and you've given up. We don't always understand what's going on in the spiritual realm, but it is our job to be faithful to the praying that God has called us to do. And so just realize, even Daniel prayed and wasn't seeing this breakthrough, but eventually the breakthrough did come after 21 days. And I want to draw to a close as I read this final scripture, and it's from 1 Timothy 6 verse 12. And it says, I've referred to it in the scripture, in this sermon. It says, fight the good fight of faith and take hold of eternal life to which you were called. And so this last point that I've emphasized, folks, is that when the enemy comes against you, you fight and you keep on fighting in prayer. And so I want to say to you, my final statement, keep on fighting the good fight of faith faith. In this time that we're facing in this world, I want to encourage you that you stand, you stand in your position in God and in Christ, and you speak against the enemy. You speak against his schemes, his attacks, and you will see the victory because you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. So God bless you. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you that we've had this opportunity to be around your word and in a sense even feast on this passage from Ephesians chapter 6. And I pray, Lord, that you would now take these words that have been spoken from your word and that you would apply it to each one's heart. Give them a sense of what they should do as a result of the word that they have heard. 
And I thank you, Lord, that we will not only be hearers of the word, but we will be doers of the word as well. So thank you, Heavenly Father. And I speak the peace of God over your people. And I say the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his smile upon you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.